And hello and welcome everyone to another installment of the Comic Multiverse where the worlds of nerds meet. It's Sunday night, Matt. We're back again. We're all together here on the channel doing a live show. All of our regulars are here or most of them are certainly here. How how have you been? Pretty good. Pretty good. I had a, a pretty good week uh, last week uh, going for a great weekend. And uh, yeah, it was pretty good. What about yourself? Oh, time is a flat circle and I'm <laughs> yeah. losing track of all of it. I could not believe that it was Sunday again. I'm like, no, no, it's impossible. It can't it can't be Sunday. It's uh, been WrestleMania weekend, so I've been trying to catch some of those shows. I'm not actually watching the main WrestleMania show, but I am watching a bunch of the more interesting indie stuff. AEW for another year in a row didn't actually run anything to uh, what is it to challenge it, which I guess is good. You know, mm -hmm. they're just doing their thing and I can appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's what I've been doing. Ooh, I watched an anime this week on the Netflix. I haven't watched an anime in a hundred years, and because it was short, I got to watch the whole thing. Yeah, you watched that House Husband one, the Yakuza yeah, House yeah. Husband one. Yeah, for those who don't know, Way of the House Husband. It's about a legendary Yakuza enforcer who leaves the group much in the same way John Wick left his underworld life to become a house husband. And he does all the remedial house chores with the same intensity freaking Kazuma Kiryu would. <laughs> and that's the joke. That's the joke. <laughs> Not only is it incredibly short, and I don't know if the manga's like this, but it's all segments. It's all little tiny segments, and then a backup starring the cat in the house. Okay, okay. And again, it's funny, and again, he meets other people in similar roles, like his ex-rival, uh, what is it, works at a crepe truck, and instead of fighting it out with their fists, they just, you know, have a crepe competition, and whoever gets more <laughs> likes on Instagram wins. <laughs> That's great. I'm like, that's a good bit. And then what is it? Uh, what is it? Another character, the boss lady, who's like your typical stereotype of like, you know, a woman who rose to a prominence in a Yakuza family because her husband died. Only, you know, the Yakuza doesn't make as much money as it used to. So she just works at a grocery store. now. <laughs> but they still call her boss lady and everyone treats her like that. I'm like, that's funny. That's a good bit. That's great. Again, it's a funny show, and again, I think it's only like six episodes with like five-minute segments. <laughs> nice. So if you want something that's short and you'll feel fulfilled finishing, you can do that. Nice. Thanks, so Sonil, for the uh, Prime subscription. Yeah, yeah, yeah boy. Uh, another fun thing happened this week, too. Uh, obviously, of course, the uh, this week was the finale for King in Black, the big, long, Venom-centric story. Uh-huh. Oh, thank you, too, uh, for Pat Sr., as always. Big uh, big booster of the show. Thank you. Uh, Long-time fan of the show, Marvin, uh, hooked you and me up, Matt. Uh, he gave us, what is it, the cool uh, tattoos, the <laughs> cool temporary tattoos that come with King and Black. This this one is technically yours because I, uh, I had to use mine. <laughs> I had to use mine. Clearly, this was designed for someone with a much smaller forearm than me, and also because I had to put it on myself with a warm washcloth. It's a little off-center, but I don't think I look totally stupid with it. <laughs> Didn't we say if someone, like, donated, like, a heap of money, you'd, like, put it on your forehead or something? Yeah, put it somewhere stupid, get like a dumb neck tattoo like Cody was. I, I wanted to put it on my neck, but as I discovered too soon, I got way too much beard to put a temporary tattoo on my neck. Okay, put it on the lower of your back. It's a like, tramp stamp. Ah, there you go. I can be like old tramp stamp Hoyt. <laughs> that guy who tried to fix it years later by putting like a whole crucifixion scene on his back. And it's like, oh yeah, that makes it look way better than something <laughs> that looked like a 20-year-old college girl got it. <laughs> 
Talk about going from extreme to extreme, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Matt? What uh, what is your week uh, entailed? Uh not a lot. Not a lot. I've been uh, like uh, trying to do as many comic reviews as I can. I've been like uh, working. Um, vi- terms of like video games, I've been playing. I haven't really been playing all that much. I've been uh, playing my way through um, uh, Demon Souls. Ah, cool, cool, cool. On the PlayStation Five, yeah nice i uh, i finally took the plunge got an ex uh what is it a new memory card for it and finally got uh, breath of the wild for the switch oh nice i uh, i do not know what i was expecting because the last uh legend of zelda game i played was like oracle of seasons on the game boy mm-hmm. and wow uh breath of the wild uh it's a big game and it will kick your ass in the first couple hours oh yeah it will you you gotta do those um uh uh, puzzles like dungeon things to get your get your health get the little things to get the health bar up and get your stamina up yeah i just did the first shrine and then it's like okay find the three other shrines and i'm like okay this is actually a little harder than i seen because i kept marking stuff that was further away off the map because they put you on this little plateau <laughs> to kind of teach you the ropes mm-hmm and then it's like, okay, I'm up in the snowy mountains now. Oh, snow hurts you, huh? Oh, I yeah. need to find these peppers, and I need to roast the peppers so I don't die in the cold. Yeah, I'm cold. And then when you go to the um, the volcanic land, you need the special armor that uh, that will let you survive in the, in in the lava. Video games, man. Am I right? <laughs> it's great. I I really enjoyed the game. Yeah, there's there's way more Witcher in it than I thought. Where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, enemies will kick your ass if you're not careful. You need to constantly oh, yeah. be blocking and be on the move. Yep. And, and your weapons was... break. They do. That's, man, that takes a lot of getting used to. Also, because my dumb Sony hands are so used to the Sony control scheme. Where I'm like, Get, change weapon, change thing. Why doesn't automatically do this for me? <laughs> what do you mean I got to do this on the fly? Which, again, makes combat really scary sometimes. Mm-hmm. To say nothing of those giant guardians that shoot lasers at you. Fuck that. Yeah, they, they're very annoying. <laughs> especially early on i'm like man i'm gonna come back in a couple levels i say levels you don't actually level up which is interesting Mm -hmm. i'll come back in a little bit and kick your ass giant guardian Mm -hmm. which man that's what an interesting way to buck trends too for a video game no 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 you don't level up you just get better and get better items yeah yeah i would technically say that like getting back the hearts is technically Mm -hmm. leveling up but yeah there is there is no like skill points or anything yeah no, you just get better with mm-hmm. all the tools we give yep. you. That's pretty solid. Yeah, wait till you get all the uh, the things that are, that the uh, the Sheikah slate allows you to do, like the bombs and like like freezing things in time and whatnot. I got the bombs. That's pretty good. I I did the three temples. Now it's like, oh, you know, find the place where all of these shrines, you know, uh, converge on the map. Like, I'm like, uh, is that the Temple of Time? It looks like the Temple of Time. That's where I <laughs> shut it off last night. <laughs> That sounds important, the Temple of Time. <laughs> and uh, I guess on that note, we can hop into the news for this week, which there was a decent amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting things off here, we got a little bit more Venom symbiote-centric news. Obviously, I mentioned before, King and Black came to an end uh, this week, and we already know what the next follow-up is going to be. It's going to be Extreme Carnage from uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson, who's just getting all the work. And uh, we were right last week, Matt. We were 100% right when we said, man, I bet this mystery character is going to turn out to be Flash, Agent Anti-Venom. And it was. Yeah, yeah well, I, again, like, yeah, when when we were talking about that, obviously he uh, Flash was turned into the that dragon, and it's literally, like, exactly what happened with the carnage. 
Yeah, and it's like, who else could it be? So, yeah, yeah. it's going to be him. He's going to be involved in this Extreme Carnage book. But also, there's more. The other children of Venom are going to be getting their own special <clears throat> little one-shots, to which in my mind I'm like, okay – Venom has been great. The web of Venoms have been great. Don't push your luck, Marvel, with too many symbiote stuff. <laughs> yeah, no. Again, it kind of wasn't it like around this time when um the Venom two movie yes. was meant to come out. Yeah, so this yeah, is 100%. probably all sort of like things they already had and they couldn't delay further. No, so no, like we have to put this out now. <laughs> it's symbiote mania. You all want a piece of this, right? Yeah, that's. Like I guess maybe I mean so I is, is it going to be as good as all the Donny Kate stuff? Maybe, probably not. I guess we'll see. Yeah, come on, guys, we got all your favorites: Riot and Phage and Scream and Toxin <laughs> and all the other ones. It's like no one cares about that. Everyone just wants to read Flash Thompson again. Everyone just wants their Flash Thompson and probably Carnage too. But those are like the two people want. Yep. And even then, I don't think Carnage can, like, hold up a whole solo series. Some pretty good minis, some pretty good, like, 12 issues, but that's about mm -hmm. it. Yeah. I don't think you can. Because, again, that's the problem. He's a villain, and it's hard to write a villain for that long. Yeah, it is. It's really, really difficult. Unless, Especially you know, a villain like Carnage, where, like, nothing about him is redeemable. No, exactly. Completely redeemable villain. Only wants to kill and destroy. And if he's not killing and destroying, it's like, what? Do you want to see Cletus Casty go to the bank? You want to see him, like, make a sandwich? <laughs> I don't think so. Honestly, that's kind of been my problem. We'll talk about that later with Crime Syndicate, actually. <laughs> when it's just like, oh, yeah, I guess you can't just make a story out of every villain, huh? <laughs> that becomes a problem but uh yeah so more gooey gooey space symbiote goodness coming your way and to be dribbled in your ear soon mm -hmm. it is pretty nice to see flash thompson back and that's like kate's on his way up like okay i did everything i wanted and i gave you back the guy you wanted yeah i reset everything <laughs> yep best way to end a series honestly and we'll talk yep. more about that when we actually get into the what we read this week yes we will uh, moving on from there, we got more new comic news coming out of the House of Ideas. Marvel is launching three brand new X-Men books, Matt, because it's been a whole month without brand new X-Men books. <laughs> Time to fix that. Yep. <laughs> uh, obviously, of course, uh, we got The Children of the Atom, which just came out. Way of X that is coming out in April. Uh, that's going to be the Nightcrawler focused, like, you know, what if Krakoa started its own religion, which sounds mm -hmm. very interesting. It does. It does. Uh, X-Corp from Teeny Howard. This is going to be the angel-led, like, okay, let's actually take a look into how Krakoa makes its money and the corporation, uh, what is it that makes all their life-saving medicine. No doubt this is going to be like a corporate espionage book. Yep. Book I'm very excited for. Absolutely. We got the big Hellfire Gala event, which I didn't even know if it was going to be an event. I just thought it was going to be a store, but they're like, no, 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 it's an event. Yeah, I, well, it's a Hellfire Club. They got to do things big. Gotta do a big, go big or go home, Big Willie style. Uh, man, the costumes they had for Hellfire Gala are actually pretty goddamn cool, right? They're pretty cool, yeah. Like, look, we we know all you young millennials out there love the RuPaul and love your fashion shows and everything. Well, let's just go high fashion with the X-Men. I'm like, it makes sense. It tracks. Yeah. But, uh, but wait, there's more. We have three brand new titles. We have one that we actually know 
that's just called X-Men, and it's going to be written by uh, Jerry Duggan of Marauders fame and drawn by Pepe Lars. So I'm sure lots of people are thinking like, wait, why are we restarting X-Men again? Didn't we just do it? Yeah, we did, but this is going to be the new team that all got selected. So this is a fresh start for the new Krakoan team. Yes. So, yeah, it's basically a reboot. It's a reboot, essentially. Hey, if you weren't reading that other Hickman one, you can probably come in here if you want. Mm -hmm. I do love they gave it to Duggan because I think Marauders is probably one of the most yeah. slept on books. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's great he's got that book. Also, good for him, too, that they're putting him on a big triple-A title, as I've said before. Duggan is so good. He's such a consistent workman in the world of comics, yet they only ever seem to give him, like, the leftovers and, like, mm -hmm. well, you know, we'll give you this one to see. I'm glad to see he finally gets to lead and that everyone else yeah. in the X-Men office of writers was like, no, he should have the flagship. Absolutely. So that's the one we know about. Then there's two we don't know about. One is just called Classified, coming out in August, and this is Lee Williams and Valerio Schmichetti. I don't she quite know how to Sheety. Sheety, yeah. Sheety, Sheety, like Ali Sheety. Yeah, uh, I, I hope this is the orgy book. <laughs> yeah, with, oh man, with Lee Williams attached to it. Yeah, goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> Krakoa After Dark, the XXX Man. <laughs> seriously this shit writes itself yeah no idea what this book could be because we're getting to the point now where it's like there's a book for everything yeah well i have to imagine we're also getting to the point where uh we've got to come back to like all the stuff that hickman built up in that first year like uh the moira mctaggart stuff the, the chimera stuff like all of that stuff which has been kind of left off the board for the most part a little bit, yeah. Wouldn't it be interesting if this one's like, okay, this is an Orchis book, or this is a Brotherhood of Evil Mutants book? That'd be pretty cool. Ooh, a Mystique book, because Mystique is really important, and they've said, like, yeah, she's the one that could bring this all uh, tumbling down. That could be good. They could be a uh, uh, Children of the Vault uh, book. There, yeah, that's an option, yeah, because as we saw, the children kind of spliced themselves with mutant DNA, so they could become a bigger issue. Mm-hmm. Also serves as an opportunity to launch them. Yep. Is a soul series. Hey, could be a Star Jammers thing. I know Sword is kind of their Space X Men book right now, but that still doesn't mean they couldn't have like space fantasy as opposed to like hard science fiction. Yeah, I could see that. Again, too, it gives a chance to bring back all the uh, Cyclops Summer <laughs> Family adjacent characters. Absolutely. Be a cool pirate book and everything. Maybe cross uh, over with all the stuff that's happening in Guardians right now. Mm hmm. And then finally, we have a Jonathan Hickman book that is just a question mark, and even the artist is redacted. That's really strange, because you usually oh, see the other way around, where like you absolutely. get to know the artist, but not the writer. That's very strange. I wonder who that could I, be. I, I wonder, wonder if it might be John Romita Jr., because he's back mm, at Marvel now. That's right. Yeah, because assumedly, it's got to be someone huge. It's got to be an artist where you're like, what? Yeah. Like Alex Ross. Alex Ross is going to be drawn oh, like awesome. every, every page of it. Because, <laughs> yeah, this is like got to be a triple A, like knock your socks off name. And it's getting to the point now in comics where it's like, well, how many truly, you know, knock your socks off uh, artists you, are there? You, you know who it also could be? I don't think it will be, but it'd be pretty awesome. It will bring things full circle. It's Jim Lee. Oh, fuck yeah. Man, man. That'd be that pretty would cool. Be a, that would be a steal and a half. Like, oh, yeah, we got it back. Well, again, ties into the thing. They're saying at DC they're not doing exclusive contracts anymore. And if they're not doing yeah. exclusive contracts anymore. But, but then also, like, Jim Lee, isn't he, like, kind of sort of in charge at the moment? Like, 
he's got a very no high knows. role there. Yeah, it's very up in the air, but I'm pretty sure he's he's pretty up up there. And yeah, but I I could see that as maybe like them working together, like the first True. step of them working together. That would be huge because it's like, yeah, maybe there is hope for uh, DC and Marvel to work together because, again, they're not under Diamond anymore. It's mm-hmm. like it's a brave new world now filled with new ideas and new everything. Yeah, it has to be. It has to be someone big. It's got to be someone like Massive. It's got to be like, no way they got so-and-so. Yeah, it, it is, it's actually just like someone we've never even heard of. Could be that, too. Yeah. <laughs> And again, they're just trying to like build up more hype for it. But yeah, three new X Men books coming down. Well, technically two new and one just getting a fresh coat of paint. But yeah, yeah, coming down the pipeline in late summer, early September there, because you know, Lord knows they haven't announced any new X Men books in a bit. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been it's been a couple of days. <laughs> it's it's easy to make fun, but it's just like, you know, most of them are like really good and like there's an X Men book for every taste right now, so you yeah, like literally can't lose. That's what I find so frustrating about them because I'm like, I want to read all of these books, but I don't have the time or money to do that. <laughs> the Cameron Winkler in the chat said Todd McFarlane. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Hey everyone, it's me. It's Uncle Todd. I'm back again at the House of Ideas. That'd be pretty cool. Gonna draw me some of these X Men. They're gonna look so good. <laughs> he gets there long enough. He's like, you know, maybe I should get to maybe I should get to write an X Men book. Now I think about that. <laughs> just just getting his foot back in. <laughs> no, Todd can't do that. He's too busy. Uh, what is it? Writing or not writing, but overseeing the Spawn universe. Spawn universe, yeah. Maybe it's Chip Zdarsky. Chip Zdarsky's drawing it. That'd be pretty cool. Chip Zdarsky is such a good writer. Again, I forget that he also draws. An artist, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. You keep blowing my socks off. <laughs> I, I, I forgot. I forgot you're actually multi-talented. Thank you, uh, Liberdal. I think that's what it is. Thank, Thank you. you for the follow. Much appreciated. But yeah, so there's there's your X-Men news, everyone. Get, get hyped for it. Get pumped. Yeah. But guess what? It's not just mutants uh, you got to get pumped for at Marvel, Mac, because they got a bunch of new stuff coming down the pipeline, including The Monkey Prince, a brand new Asian-inspired hero by Gene Liu and Yang. Yeah, The Monkey Prince is actually at DC, though. Oh, shit, is it really? Did I get yeah. that so fucking wrong? Yeah. See, it, here, here's my problem. It just feels like a freaking Marvel <laughs> idea, doesn't it? The Monkey Prince? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Monkey Prince, obviously a reference to the famous Sun Wukong Monkey King stories. You may know it better as that thing what inspired the Dragon Ball. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I believe Jet Li has made a bunch of movies as oh, yeah. the Monkey King, or, or th- there has been a m- bunch of movies about the monkey king wildly popular piece of asian folklore mm-hmm. it's like right up there with like friggin robin hood and yeah, lord Arthur. of the rings sort of thing yeah yeah like it's a story that's been around forever it's in the public domain everyone has done their version of it uh i remember watching monkey magic growing up which was obviously like some <laughs> like redub redo mm-hmm. of an original uh chinese thing but uh yeah this is cool this is a cool little introduction i like the costume and again too i like the logo is an m but it's also a mountain which is a reference to the story it's of the good. monkey king it's it pretty is. good it's logo really yeah stuff. And hey, nice to starting out. No, no, no. He's just the monkey prince now. He will grow into becoming the monkey king. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, we do get to see more. And again, um, Gene Yang is writing the the Batman Superman book at the moment, so the, yes. the character could appear there. But he's he's appearing in the Festival of Heroes book first. Yes, part of a big push, you know, big diversity uh, push, big celebration push 
for, you know, all Asian heroes across the DC universe. And as we look at this cover, it's like, oh, yeah, I guess they do got a fair amount of really good they Asian do. heroes, don't they? They do. Heck, uh, to say nothing of the characters who are also kind of like biracial and have a little bit of uh, Asian up in there. Like, obviously, we see Imiko in here. I'm like, well, technically, you could put Connor on there, too, actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure everyone's got a little something in there, so good, uh, good for them. It's uh, I like to see comic companies embracing folklore for ideas, especially folklore that you know is not seen as like North American folklore. Absolutely, yeah. There's a whole world of uh, really cool ideas elsewhere, and now is definitely the perfect time for it. Mm-hmm. And again, great design. A great design can go a very long way. It can. <laughs> I love the pants. I love the pants are like that weird aqua blue. You never see that. And yet he's got like black sneakers on. I was just about to say that. I like, yeah, he's got this kind of like ancient regal looking armor and then like a pair of Reeboks. (laughs) Got to rock the box, man, is what I got. I think he actually does have like a human alter ego as well. Because I did see some art that looked like it was like, yeah, like his like human, human form. Yeah, absolutely. So that's cool. I'll definitely have to check that one out because, yeah, I'm very interested. This is a good drawing that got me, and I want to see what the Monkey Prince is all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, moving on from there, we got some more new stuff from Marvel, and this time I know it's from Marvel. <laughs> I'm not full of shit this time, and that's going to be Moon Knight. We got a brand new Moon Knight book coming from Adam McKay very soon. Yeah, it's about time they did it. Well, we, I mean, we've got the TV show coming very soon. In fact, if you're on Twitter, you can see uh, the man who would be Moon Knight training uh, for his fight scenes. And I like they got a bunch of blades involved and everything. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And also, too, with some of the darker places that Falcon and Winter Soldier has gone, I am not worried at all about the content of Moon Knight and where they might be able to take it. Not at all. So, yeah, this is Adam McKay who's writing this one. Uh, what has he written before? I know I looked at this before. Uh, he wrote, he's writing the uh, current Black Cat series right which everyone says is actually really very good. excellent apparently and i think he did the black king and black tines as well which were really damn good as well right okay i guess i guess i gotta read black cat now because everyone <laughs> says it's really good and i'm missing out and i don't want to miss out uh the the kind of synopsis we got for it was really short but it basically seemed to be you know spinning out of the pages of his story in avengers which i did not finish I, but i, I thought it was going to be about i didn't read the synopsis i knew it was going to be about that so apparently Khonshu has actually been locked away at the end of yep. that story. So like, okay, so Mark Spector and his personalities are like alone now for the mm-hmm. first time in a long time trying to make a go of it. And uh, Moon Knight or Mr. Knight, I guess, because it's the detective persona, opens up what he calls his Moonlight Mansion, which is basically like if you got a paranormal problem, come to Moon Knight and ask for help. Yeah, awesome. That That's a great way to take character. Um, I'm glad they're actually paying off on that that whole moon knight thing in from yeah. avengers because yeah conchu got locked up at the end of that because conchu's insane um yeah. and yeah it, it's interesting to see what what mark will be like without that on his shoulders definitely i like the idea of them fully embracing moon knight as like a paranormal detective <laughs> yeah that's great if you have a problem if it's too scary spooky or spoopy <laughs> come to moon knight and he'll solve it for your real good <laughs> I mean, he might be a little crazy, but he'll do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm interested to see where this goes, too, because, again, Marvel takes swings at Moon Knight every couple years, and in some cases they turn in some really, really good books. Yes. 
But this is the first time where they're like, no, 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 this one needs to hit on all cylinders because we got the show coming out. Yeah, I wonder if this will, like, set the tone for that show. Like, in terms of, like, will it be very similar to it? It sure feels that way with the last couple projects they've done, hasn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. It certainly feels like it sets the tone. So, yeah, get ready, everyone, to be really into Moon Knight in a couple months. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, now, what else do we got going on here? Uh, okay, so uh, from one stalker of the night to another, uh, maybe you heard about this. Maybe it flew over your radar there. But uh, apparently all the plans for Predator at Marvel right now are on hold not just the new series from ed bresson that was coming down the pipeline but also like a re-release compilation of a bunch of other predator stories have apparently been stopped up and they've given no reason why yeah the the uh the variant covers have also been stopped as well which is very strange weird the only thing i could possibly think of of why they're not going full speed ahead on this when they were so clearly into it do they not own all the rights they thought they did? Did they, like, do some paperwork and realize that they don't actually 100% own Predator? Don't own, yeah, like, some uh, character or, yeah, an aspect or something? Yeah, maybe. They had, that's the only thing I could think for them to do it and then not say anything about it. That's like, oh, no, 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 no. someone came out of the woodwork and said, nope, you got to pay me, actually, if you want to use it. Which is very strange because I always thought it was in, like, the same boat as uh the alien stuff where it's like they 20th century fox and whoever owned that when they sold to disney they sold it like wholesale it was like part of the deal but then again these are also franchises like haven't they been toured around a bunch to like a bunch of different people like haven't they shown up in weird places before i well i guess i guess this you've, you've had them in like a uh mortal combat and stuff but i guess that's like that'd be like uh warner brothers licensing them out from right. from a 20th century i guess they wouldn't be buying them you wouldn't think so again i don't know a lot about copyright law maybe maybe this is one of those situations like that producer who always gets paid for batman related stuff even though mm-hmm. he's not involved in anything but they still got to put his name on it anyway maybe it's yeah. one of those situations where someone yeah. has wallaced themselves to the predator brand and disney's like oh no 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 we're not gonna fucking pay you every time we put this out either take a lump sum or we're just not gonna do anything with it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because, yeah, they just said it's all on hold indefinitely, not even rescheduled to a later time. They're like, nope, indefinitely. Yeah. So, yeah, again, that does sound like there is some legal aspect to this. Someone owns something something. for the Predator and wants money. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like we do not want to get sued and we're not even going to risk it at this point until we 100% own it. And it also, it, it just... That feels like such a, like an oversight. You would thought that Fair. like they would have like okay, we're going we want to do comics with these properties. Alien, that's fine. Push that out. All right, Predator, that's fine. Like you thought they would have checked everything, made sure everything was fine. Yeah. I I mean, this is the world of comics though, where I mean, what's the most famous story about what is it the uh, uh like the British Captain Marvel rights there and or no Miracle Man rights mm-hmm. where it's yeah. like uh, Seth Mc or uh, Todd McFarlane said he owned it for years, made business deals with it, only to find out later, oh, he didn't actually own near as much as he said he did. Mm-hmm. Yep. And even now that apparently, what is it, that, uh, what is it, Gaiman got the rights back to it and everything, it still doesn't matter because he still never showed up in anything ever again. Mm-hmm. It's a hell of a thing. I'm sure this will be very interesting when all of this gets cleared up and we get to hear about this later. Exactly, yeah. 
So yeah, from uh, from the sillier topics to a topic that is actually rather serious, and it's one that I'm sure we would be remiss if we did not discuss. It's you know been burning up the internet for the last little bit. It's been a really hot button issue and an issue that I will freely admit in what many patrons uh, even, you know, had a conversation with me about and saying, hey, you know, maybe you weren't as sympathetic when talking about this as you should have been. Maybe you should have waited for everything to come out. And you know what? They were probably right. Of course, I'm talking about the ongoing Ray Fisher, Warner Brothers uh, controversy investigation. Well, it officially finally came out. Many questions were answered in a Hollywood Reporter article this week where essentially, I, I, I guess Fisher's NDA had expired, so now he could talk about it more willingly and more well, openly say, than he could before. That was the the implication, but I was under the impression there like, was no, like, I'm pretty sure someone said there was actually no, no uh, NDA. Well, I know he kept saying that he was waiting for, like, the investigation to be done, which, in fact, we actually learned way more about the investigation in the article that he talks about, but for whatever reason... Uh, was able to talk about it more openly and shed some light onto what went down between him and Whedon and really the entire cast of Justice League when it came to these reshoots and everything else. And man, it's one of those situations where it's like, oh, this is as bad as some people were thinking, but also bad in a completely different direction than what you were thinking. Because I feel whenever like the specter of racism in the workplace comes up, a lot of people are always quick to think, oh no, who called who the N-word in this situation? But in truth, the reality is when it comes to topics of racism in the workplace, it's often a lot more subtle and a lot mm-hmm. more insidious mm-hmm. because of that. Yeah. And uh, th- there was a lot of different reasons that they covered in this, but basically, you know, Fisher says is that when Whedon was brought on to finish the project after Snyder had turned in like an, uh, like an unreleasable four hour cut that ironically would ultimately get released. So <laughs> who got the final fucking laugh on that one? I guess <laughs> he said that, you know, the, just the general mood and everything, of the film and the production changed entirely. And the idea is, is that, you know, Whedon was brought in to finish it at all costs. And as we have seen many times before, and as we have even joked about before, Whedon, bit of a prickly fellow who basically <laughs> That's said, putting you know, it nicely. <laughs> that is putting it nicely. Again, talk to anyone who worked on him on Buffy, talk to his ex-wife, they'll tell you. Basically what he ended up coming out saying is like, look, I'm not looking for any notes. I'm not looking for any input. I don't take notes. I don't care what you have to say. I don't even care what Robert Downey Jr. had to say <laughs> when I was making the Avengers tour. I'm like, fuck <laughs> that very much sounds like something joss Whedon would say and also lines up perfectly with a reddit uh leak from 2018 actually yeah i is that is that the thing uh that he said with uh that he had with gal gadot yes that's, yeah because that, that was that was something in this article that i'm like wait i've heard of this before I've heard I all did. this before. Yes, we read the same Reddit article where it's like, yeah, uh, obviously the Fisher stuff, you know, we know because that's more out in the public. But this article even went a little step further to say that uh, Whedon, very much in keeping with the character that we knew and had heard about on Buffy and everything else, took a particular issue with Godot and her not wanting to follow orders and not wanting to do basically what he wanted to do. Uh, of course, the big, you know, uh, oh, Flash lands in her cleavage joke. That was thing. Apparently, she was vehemently against that, and also I can understand why. (laughs) I can understand it. Uh, When she wouldn't do it, he apparently really pressured uh, the stunt double in like that oh so horrifying and almost cliched. Ah, you'll never work in this town again Mm -hmm. if uh, you don't do what I say. I'm like fuck, fuck, and also that really checks out and also sounds right. 
he would apparently want to step further to be like, look, if you don't do this, then I'm going to fuck up the Wonder Woman sequel. Yeah. Because apparently he thought he would stick around and that he'd have the power to do that. So, fuck, that is all really bad, really uncomfortable. And that's even before we get to the full-on Fisher stuff and the very, very thorny race issue yep. attached to all of it, where basically, you know, Whedon said, I'm not taking notes from anyone. I don't care what any of you have to say. And that's one thing when he does it to the other members of the cast. It's another thing when you start telling a black man how to be a black man on screen. <laughs> ah, just yikes, yikes all over the fucking place there. And apparently the big sticking point and, you know, the, the hill that became, you know, the thing that... Uh, Fisher was willing to fight for was surprisingly and and, and like I, I couldn't believe this at first but it made perfect sense by the end of it the topic of booyah which of course is the big cyborg catchphrase from the Teen Titans cartoon apparently uh the Warner Brothers higher-ups and Whedon especially wanted that line to be in the movie Fisher's like nah I don't want to say it it sounds kind of silly no one else has to say catchphrases. Isn't it a little lame that like in American entertainment, we're always boiling down black men on screen to their catchphrases. And I'm like, okay, you know, that's, that's a pretty edge, well-educated thing to say. In fact, Hey, uh, you know, who had a great bit of insight on this, go read his tweet thread. If you haven't, uh, David F Walker, who of course Mm -hmm. wrote the cyborg comic for a little bit at DC and Walker's like, you know what? Uh, I talked to Ray because Ray very much wanted to research his role and talk to someone else who wrote the character. Walker says he didn't want to do Booyah either, but felt pressure to have to do it anyway because it was expected of him and was expected of the character. And he further went on to say, you know, it's never about the Booyah until it's about that. And that's what it became here, that that became the ultimate symbol of, hey, you're not taking my input. You're not caring what I have to say. Mm -hmm. And I'm feeling, you know, Mm -hmm. really, really fucking neglected on this one. And I'm like, yeah, man, the the other thing. And this was like a bit of conjecture. But again, totally sounds like something realistic where Fisher apparently heard from another person working on the movie that Whedon and the uh, other higher ups in the production when it came to recutting the movie said that uh, they didn't want uh what is it an angry black man to be at the center of what was supposed to be their big happy summer blockbuster and i'm like ooh, yeah okay that sounds really bad yes i know stuff like 21 jump street has joked before where it's like you know the whole stereotype of the angry black man is a very tired stereotype but what you're also saying there is like we don't want a black man at the center of our story and indeed Well, I might not have enjoyed the arc Cyborg had in the movie of the Snyder Cut there. There's no denying he was the anchor to the whole thing. And when you pull that thread, none of it works. Yeah, that's why, like, um, so much was cut out. Because, like, you you, you extract, like, his story and then you're like, oh, we can't have these, like, scenes with Ryan Choi and his father Mm -hmm. there because they don't make any sense now. So we've got to take them out. Mm -hmm. And then we've got to take Mm -hmm. this Motherbox stuff out because that doesn't make sense now because it just sits there. And yeah. Yep it all starts to make a little bit more sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? Uh, and then, of course, there's the matter of Jeff Johns, who it's like, well, you know, well we've never heard anything bad about Jeff Johns no. on anything. What, what that was the, the, always the thing that stuck out to me that was like him sort of baiting the Snyder Cut people. Same, because I'm like, you know, what, what does Jeff Johns have to do with this? Because for everything we had heard, it's like, well, yeah, Jeff Johns is really only there in title. He doesn't really have that much power to do anything. And it, every story I hear is about no one listening to Jeff Johns. Again, the the aspersion here that is cast, and again, 
sounds something that's unfortunately like a little all too familiar in the workplace that Fisher came to John's like, well, hey, can you help me with this? Can you help mediate Whedon? And John was basically like, well, can you just do it anyway? Can you just suck it up and do it and forget about your feelings for a little bit? And also, hey, let me another white executive creator tell you how to play <laughs> your character. Yeah. And no, I, and here, here's the thing. Uh, Whedon's people and Whedon had nothing to say in this Hollywood Reporter article. Uh, John's people actually did have stuff know, to say. Yeah, it was not very... This is something that definitely Jeff Jones did not have any input no. in saying. You can see, no, you can no. see that. <laughs> this, is, this is all the worst kind of PR speak where it's like, oh, uh, Jeff Jones respects and loves all people from all walks of life and he's the one who puts Cyborg in the Justice League on the comics, so surely he cannot be racist. And I'm like, yeah, but you can, though. You can have the best intentions and still be racist and still not seeing how you're fucking up. And this is definitely one of those situations. Didn't the didn't the the response also go in to say, oh, he he created a black, black character once. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And like, oh, don't do that. Please don't do no. that. No. <laughs> no. Please don't be the creative version of. But I have a black friend, and I'm like, nope. That's that's not the point here. Feels like you're actively missing the point on this one. And then it's like, okay, Ray Fisher, I see why you're angry now. <laughs> Again, every... well, why wasn't like, why couldn't any of this actually come out? Because yeah, again, he it was said that he didn't have an NDA. Why did he have to string us along? He could have just said all of this at the beginning. It's it's all very weird. Uh, the article uh, also says Fisher's like, yeah, and they actively tried to discredit me with like a complete. Uh, what is it like campaign against me and everything because you know like they had come out with their own articles and they're like oh you know the investigation's finished and oh we didn't find anything and da 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 I'm like okay yeah maybe they did railroad you a little bit or it looks like they really did try and railroad you but maybe it didn't work out there's there was some fuckery going on here there's no no doubt about it. and you're like right like well what if you had just come out and said this I think we all would have been more on your side much quicker exactly <laughs> It's, but then, you know, it's the other thing, too, and this is the thing we always got to remember when we're talking about important situations like this. You got to believe the victim in stories like this because the victim is risking more in mm -hmm. coming out and going against the big machine. And I'm like, see, that's that's the thing. They tried to make us forget that until it was too late. But, yeah, it's a real fucked up situation. And it's made even worse because, like, basically this is a Hollywood Reporter article. By the time it's done, it's like – and nothing could really happen because Whedon doesn't work there anymore. And in fact, it seems like they probably won't rehire him on other projects. And no. the, well, he doesn't and have the, that Batgirl movie anymore. So, no, yeah. no, which is probably not going to happen anyway. But still, no. yeah, it's like he doesn't work there anymore. And also the like head of Warner Brothers Films at the time, he doesn't work there anymore either. So like short of an apology, which I think he is more than owed at this point. In fact, I think a lot of people in this situation are owed at this point. But they're not going to give any apology because giving an apology would be admitting guilt. And that's just, ugh, ugh. Mm -hmm. And I can also see him being like, you know, yeah, sure, whatever. Take me out of Flash. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, well, again, this it kind of feeds back into him sort of like stringing everyone along for all those months instead of saying something. I think if he said something, it would have sort of changed the, the outcome of this. But because he strung everything along and everything, it feels like maybe he's now been blacklisted of everything like he's kind of torpedoed his own career a little bit it's a, it's a weird weird situation. i mean he does have another show i think they've already announced him for and yes. i think after this i i think after this this hollywood reporter article can really really oh it'll help. probably I, it'll probably help him yeah but yeah th there was probably a moment there where it probably didn't 
Yeah. Again, yeah, I'm sure he was weighing a lot of options about his career. Mm-hmm. And, you know, do I even want to stay in Hollywood? Do I even want to do this and that as I've had such a bad experience? But you know what? Uh, th- they might not extend an apology to the man, but for what it's worth, I'm sorry. Sorry. Too. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like you had a really fucked up time in this. And that's a real shame because get to play a superhero should be awesome. And we're only hearing that the people involved in this project only had a bad time. In fact, uh, this maybe even further strengthens an idea that I wasn't sure about early on. And that's like, you know, why, why are all these actors getting behind Zack Snyder and this movie that I didn't think actually had much of a vision at all outside, you know, just being like a popcorn muncher. And I'm like, Oh, maybe it was like, kind of like people who had been through a traumatic experience kind of like together. together. Yeah. And being like, yo, we love the old guy. Fuck that new guy. We don't want his version out there. We want the version that we worked on and agreed with a little bit more because, you know, that guy wasn't an asshole to us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So. It, again, yeah, the, I don't think we're going to see him as Cyborg again. He's not going to be in that that uh, uh, Flash film. Um, I mean, he, he himself said he doesn't want to be part of that because uh, that, that guy, Hamada, she doesn't, that Hamada thing never made much sense to me because Hamada was never no. there with like when the Justice League was being made. It was that uh, other guy, uh, yeah, the Kevin, other Kevin Tishihara. So I don't, I don't understand what, I guess maybe it's because he took over and maybe he found I out guess. about this or something and didn't do anything. I, I think the idea is, is that he's mad where it's like, you know, hey, new leadership making the same mistakes. Yeah. Am I, am I not deserving of something? So yeah, it's a, it's a fucked up situation, but I think it's a fucked up situation that we can now say we understand a lot better on this one than we did before. And uh, yeah, it's just. It's just a shitty situation is what it is. If anything, with all of this coming out now, maybe now like the DC movies can get on track. That's the hope. And also, too. I I don't know if they will, but eh, you never know. You never know. And also, hey, teachable situation, too, for anyone in a position of power in any sort of creative endeavor or really just any place ever. You can be racist and not think you're being racist. It's actually quite easy. So, you know, try and be a little bit more sympathetic and try and, you know, look through the eyes of another person on this one. It's it's really all you can do. But uh, so there's the serious news, everyone. I know that brings the middle of the show down. But again, it this did feel like the biggest thing in our like little spectrum of news so it felt like we did need to talk about well, it one one thing that that intrigued me is that like we got all these stories of like whedon being a dick here but like to my knowledge there's been nothing about him doing the exact same thing on like the first two avengers films yeah. Yeah, i wonder if wonder if maybe it, it's just because marvel is a bit more of a tightly run ship like there's a bit more yeah. well organized but then also it could have been that whole thing where it's like, well, I directed two Avengers, two billion dollar advent, uh, Avengers films. I am, you know, that ego thing. True. I mean, again, yeah, apparently he straight up said, I don't even take notes from, uh, what is it, Robert Downey Jr., where it's like, Robert yeah. Downey Jr. basically helped reinvent Iron Man, and he yeah. is the character, and you're <laughs> taking notes from him. Yeah. <laughs> That's but I mean, that's also a thing, too, where it's like, look, those stories might come out years later. Yeah, again, yeah. Like maybe after someone dies or someone writes a book or something. Yeah, that'd be a pre- that'd be quite interesting doing like a whole documentary behind the scenes thing on this whole thing. Yeah, 
because Lord knows people sure sounded happy and everything in all the interviews and all the media scrums and everything. But, uh, you know, they're actors, so they can easily lie. They're paid to do that. Yeah, they're paid to do that. Hey, this also probably brings up the question where it's like, yeah, so we didn't did those first two Avengers and they were really good. Why didn't they bring them back for the third one? Uh, I think we can say we know why now. Yeah, yeah. Because, again, that's basically the Marvel method. It's like, no, we go with the person who makes us the most money and the mm -hmm. person who seems like they know what they're doing. And, you know, and we make changes when we have to. But, uh, yeah, I guess people were just way more happy working with the Russos then. Yeah, yeah. And, it, I mean, it worked out great. It did. It worked out great for them in the long run. So, yeah, that's uh, that's that, everyone. There's <laughs> uh, a very important, very hard to swallow piece of news, but you know what? It can't. It can't always be fun. It can't always no. be a happy fun time. <laughs> no, but yeah, hopefully something good comes of all of this. We can. We can only hope. We can only hope. So, uh, yeah, uh, I guess from that to maybe something a little bit more positive. Uh, yo, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was pretty huge this week, wasn't it? Oh boy, was it boy 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 howdy how how about that episode where where do we even start <laughs> well let's start at the beginning uh they fill in some more stuff about bucky's time as the white wolf in wakanda which was pretty cool it was that was some great acting there from sebastian stan when they oh, yeah. uh when uh io the the dora malaje woman tries to uh uncondition his reconditioning mm -hmm. Yeah, purge, purge the words from him. And I'm like, okay, this makes a lot of sense. That's pretty solid how they would be able to do that and be able to help him out. And you're right. Yeah, you see Sebastian Stan just so much fucking pain. It's great. It's such a great piece of character development for a character who he hasn't had much up until now. Yeah, because again, just from war to war, it's nice to actually see him like in a middle time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And again, him just dealing with like mountains of PTSD. And I'm like, yep, yep, that sounds about right. Yep. Uh, Zemo continues to just be the best. Oh, he's he's so good, isn't he? He really is. Like, he's just killing. And it's like, yep, I can see why you guys tried so hard to rewrite his origin to where now he's not the descendant of Nazis because he's just too much fun. And being a descendant of a Nazi <laughs> would really make me feel uncomfortable for how funny he's, he's he's the ultimate chess master. And again, you just see how he doesn't have powers like he does in the comics, but he just moves people around and he says the right thing and does the right things. Yeah. Bribes children with candy. Yeah, while also revealing a little bit about his character, being like, "Yeah, my son loved these." I'm like, "Oh yeah, you have dead well, children." Well, see that—that's the interesting thing about him. It's like, it's like, is that actually real? Like, was or that is he was making he? It up, yeah, was know. he just making that up just to appear more sympathetic? Like, I know he that's... did have a family and everything, but yeah, that could be something he's using that as another one of his assets. Great, great piece of writing too. Because it's like uh, Sam and Bucky are going around desperately trying to find information about this Flag Smasher funeral. And obviously no one is telling them because all these displaced people have no community except for the community they've built up. And they see Winter Soldier and Falcon as like, you know, these tools of the American government. But Zemo is like, yeah, well, you know, adults will lie to you. Children won't lie to you, though. No. <laughs> Which is so fucking smart. Just, you know, with some candy. I can get what I want out of this. Uh, we get to spend a lot of time with uh, Carly, the uh, main flag smasher and everything, and she has a, a hell of a little discussion debate with Sam. That that was Sam's moment where he stopped being Sam Wilson and started becoming Steve Rogers. Big, big agree on that one. And also, 
pulling on some stuff from the past too about how he used to run mm-hmm. what is it like a support group for veterans yeah. and how he's like look i'm not gonna come at this girl like the enemy because maybe she's not even <laughs> and, and try and you know humanize her and sympathize her and again the line that i think will you know follow uh sam around for a bit now i can't speak for the millions but uh what is it i can uh I can speak for us or something. I can't remember. Or what something he said like it was. it was very. It was. I, I said it so more, but I can't remember. It's a. It's a very good line of dialogue that is delivered excellently uh, on uh, his side there. And uh, oh man, they would have. They might have gotten away with it too. They might have fixed everything if goddamn uh, Wyatt Russell didn't come in and fuck everything oh, up. John Walker is exactly how I want him to be in this show. He's uh he's there to try and try and save america and everything and he just fucks everything up yep you know again if uh, if i was a little unsure at the beginning how they were playing him this would have been the episode that won me over if i was unsure they actually did exactly what i was hoping they would do and it's like no 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 He's not going to be an asshole right out of the gate. He's going to be a little asshole. He's going to be an undercover asshole. But every week we see it get turned up a little bit more and we see what sets him off. And again, the big moment here is when he actually loses a fight against the Dora Milaje. Yeah, and oh, I, I love that scene because I love how he, he kind of breaks down and says they weren't even super soldiers. Yep, they, they, they were just like super. skilled warriors and he lost to them. He lost them. And again, man... Uh, uh, it is very much on purpose that Captain Maga basically goes full bad guy the second after a bunch of super strong black women shatter his white fragility. (laughs) (laughs) Furthermore, uh, some other great stuff in that episode, we realized that, hey, Battlestar probably would have made a better Captain America replacement too, but they probably didn't pick him for the same reason they didn't pick Sam. Again, this this was was like, beat for beat touched on on the re- in the recent uh u.s agent issues where which where, is crazy to think. where lamar uh was is like touted as like being much better at being a captain america than john walker is but he wasn't chosen because he was black because we need because we need a white face on captain america because that's what the brass uh the, the american military brass is saying and i'm like ooh, ooh. and in fact it is further reinforced later when john walker's like oh i gotta save lamar lamar's been taken captive lamar saved himself dude he yeah. didn't actually need you you're yeah. you're not super you're not as good at your job as you think and then when lamar is killed he's like okay now i'm completely crazy now because i've taken the serum and it's making my bad worse again that, that was also a thing that was hanging over his head where he's, he's surrounded by all these people that have like bucky and and carly and all that they have the super soldier serum so everything comes easy to them all mm-hmm. this fighting and everything and he is very jealous of that so when he get, get, gets the chance to get the serum he, he takes it immediately <laughs> absolutely it even ties into that conversation zemo was having about what makes a supremacist yes yes it's like you you feel weak you don't feel strong enough and you'll do whatever it takes to make yourself the strongest even if it uh you know at, at cost to everyone else and of course the person that john walker brutally murders is a guy who we learned just a few moments ago was a big captain america fan when he was a kid yeah uh, one thing i did like about the episode is we had that scene we had a scene between uh zemo and sam where they talk about like oh would sam take the serum if given the chance and mm-hmm. sam immediately says no he doesn't need it. it he doesn't need it or anything and we get the exact same scene with lamar and john yeah. and it's the opposite where it is. where john immediately says he'll take it there uh, there's a ton of subtlety in this episode and again I, I was worried like some people were worried where it's like are they not 
going to take some of these really ripe fruits when it comes to talking about like, you know, topical issues and everything. And they waited a bit, but boy, do they take them. And again, that final shot that I think will live in infamy of U.S. agent holding a bloody Captain America shield after decapitating a man in the streets. I think that's the first time we've ever seen it covered in human blood. I think so, too. Yeah. We've seen it broken, we've seen it everything else, but actually covered in blood. And it's very uh, disturbing, isn't it? It is, yeah. And again, visual poetry, too. In the back of my mind, I couldn't help but hear, this is America, look how we live in now. <laughs> <laughs> and again, that he did it on like the streets of Eastern Europe and everything, yep. too. And I'm like, oh, this is the thing. And that he's going viral and everything. I bet next week, again, I, I bet you a Coke, there's going to be, we're going to get a scene with a bunch of people on the internet being like, I can't believe Captain America did that. You know, I am, you know, moving to Canada and other people being like, yeah, finally, Captain America taking care of business. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's going to be the big divide as we move forward. And I'm like, okay, see this? This is why you do it subtle. This is why he's not an asshole right away. You got to build up to that, to this payoff. That's a really good payoff. And this also leads into the fact that obviously John Walker's not going to be Captain America now because he just murdered someone in broad daylight on film. Um, so it sets him up to be the US agent. This is that they'll take the Captain America. Uh, mantle from him but say oh we kind of still want that a little like government will say well we kind of still mm -hmm. want that a little bit you'll, you'll be u.s agent we'll give you a black costume <laughs> there you go yeah we're, we're we're gonna update you for the for the 2020 <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's uh really really good and uh like good in a way i was not expecting because there's a moment there where i'm like hey you know this is pretty good you know action spy stuff feels like you know a good like summer blockbuster movie and then i'm like oh, okay this is why you make it a tv show right here this <laughs> is what you do at the extra time can i say how good was the soundtrack too when uh john walker was rounding the corner and it was like getting louder and louder and mm -hmm. buzzier and buzzier yeah, yeah again it, it, just, it helps sell that rage he had after they killed lamar so some people do think like, oh, they did Lamar dirty by killing him off uh, the way they did. I'm like, no, see, that's great because you see all these people with powers fighting each other and it's nothing to them. It's like, you know, banging action figures together. Then the second a real person gets in there, he's killed with one hit because yep. that's how real the shit is. Mm -hmm. It like pulls you back to uncomfortable reality world outside your window. Yep. So that's some good ass shit right there. Oh, the, the joke too, where Zemo manages to escape because of tunnels in the bathroom. I literally said, oh, hey, he pulled an El Chapo. <laughs> and in the show, they're like, damn, he El chapo <laughs> And I'm like, oh, Marvel show, you understand me. <laughs> uh, the chat said two Invincible came out this week. Did you see the new Invincible? I did, yes. Best episode of the season. Absolutely. Mahashala Ali as Titan is just amazing. What a what a fucking performance. I remember when I saw him in episode one and I'm like, why did they cast such an amazing actor in a role where he's here for two minutes? Now, is that is the stuff in that episode in like like with Titan taking over the uh, machine head stuff? Is that in the comics? Because I can't really remember. Yes, but it doesn't happen till way later. Like yeah, after it, the Viltramite War. Yeah, I, I that's yeah, I haven't read past the Viltramite War. So That's yeah, okay. uh, so like me seeing it and having that uh, that twist at the end where like it was all Titans thing it was so cool yeah. to me. Yeah, because there's a bit like after the Viltramite War where he's like, "Oh, I want to be a hero now, Invincible," but really he was working this game to try and take over Machine Head's empire. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love Machine Head in the show speaks with an auto tune. It's pretty good. That's pretty fun. That's a good choice. I like that. Uh, man, I like this episode too because this is basically about like pulling 
uh, Mark as a hero down to earth and being like, hey, man, what kind of hero do you want to be? He's like, no, I'm like my dad. I'm a world saving hero. I stop, you know, meteorites and mad scientists. And to have Titan be like, uh, dude, look at all the crime on the street right now that you could be doing something about, but you're not. Yeah, you're, you're, you're focusing on the big picture where the small picture is like where it should be. <laughs> Yeah, you should be attacking the root causes of uh, crime. Also, too, in just a couple lines, uh, they make a really interesting point about the world of Invincible and being like, look, whether you're a hero or a villain, much like most things in the world, really comes down to powers and where you're born. Mm -hmm. If Mark was born in a place like this with his amazing powers, he probably would have become a criminal, too, because you become what is available to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm like, damn, this show is like kicking some interesting ideas, even too that we get to see Titan and we get to see Mark in like an average day and see all the overlap in their lives. Yep. Yep. Is really fucking cool and really clever. I'm like, yo, can this just be like a show unto itself? I would happily watch this like The Wire for superheroes and like what do they do in their day to day lives? Mm-hmm. It's great. It's great. Uh, Nicole Bayer in a very small role as both uh, Titan's wife and daughter. I thought that was fun. That was pretty cool. I hope she comes back there. It's like, hey, you've got a really funny lady and didn't have her say or do anything funny. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Was it the the big fight at the end, of course, where it's uh, Machine Head and his hired guns versus Titan and Invincible eventually versus the team team. And it's uh, it's a it's a it's a big clusterfuck. (laughs) I I like how the show is able to like, I don't know how the hell they do it, but they're able to capture that like like gross violence the comic yes. has where like that like like mark in this episode just gets absolutely fucked up covered in blood and everything Busted and that up. was something that happened in the comics all the time and they they're just able to do it in the show and it works it's again this uh, what works about this and i'm glad to see people are picking up on this where like some people don't like you know the kind of mark millar e- even like the boys where it's like nah, i don't like you you know when you mix superhero stuff just with a lot of grim and grit what is cool about Invincible and the show nails it, it's the subverting of expectations. But it's like, oh, it's a superhero show. It's a regular superhero show you've seen a million times. Oh, is he going to be able to make his date and fight the bad guy? Oh, it's like, no, he can't make his date because he got fucking broken open. <laughs> yeah, he got fucked up by a big lion man. I like that the violence is also like really quick. Like, Yes, it is. And quick and like brutal and it's like yes. over before you even realize it. They don't dwell on it, which no. is a lot like violence in real life, where it's like, yeah, you can get really messed up. And it's not just him. Monster Girl gets her head caved in. Mm-hmm. Freaking Black Samson sacrifices his own body, and it doesn't work. And the real the real bit of, like, salt in the wound is like, oh, Omni-Man was watching the whole time, and he yeah. could have stopped it, but he didn't. I, I, I've loved all the stuff they're doing with Omni-Man, where, like, like us just like listening to all the stuff he's doing it's like this guy's a fucking psychopath but his family mm-hmm. is like oh this is just normally like they're talking about like no you're a viltrumite you you're yeah. a fucking aryan race you're in charge of everyone and the yeah, family's absolutely. just sitting there just you know talking and i like the story his wife is getting where she's like Same. getting closer and closer to like uh uh following after the demon detective and like trying to find his costume because it's something to yeah. do with the costume and Which- yeah which Debbie did not get in the comics. They, no, in fact, they no. made a very solid point of Debbie not being a self-actualized woman and even mm-hmm. getting a job of her own until a big thing happens that I'm not going to spoil because it's still probably going to happen in the show. In fact, I bet it's going to be the season finale. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, hey, everyone, remember what a big shock it was when you saw Omni-Man kill the Justice League standards and you thought that the show could never shock you anymore? No, they're going to shock you again, actually, in a big way. That's absolutely going to be the season finale. 
because what better way to end it on than that moment where it's like, oh, hey, we changed everything and subverted your expectations. Then we changed it all again. And in fact, that scene when it happens is going to be, you know, that much more effective because, man, J.K. Simmons turning in a hell of a performance here where, where, where I agree, Matt. It's like, wow, what a what a psychopath, what a liar, what a this, that and the other but then how you see him reel people back and be like, wait, I think he actually does really love his family. But then again, no, that's what a psychopath does. They yeah. make you think. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, just every time he's on screen, you, you can just feel feel like the evilness in, in him. But then, yeah, he does the stuff where he's like, oh, he's like sitting down with his family for dinner and like like helping his son trying to find his powers and everything. It's like, this is stuff like a dad and stuff should do. Yeah. But then he's he's murdering people. It, it is an interesting take on what is unfortunately becoming the all too like stereotypical evil take on Superman, mm -hmm. which I which I truly appreciate. Yeah, because like literally you could probably do like a whole video right now. The top 10 best evil Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you would get the Homelander in there. You'd get Omni Man in there. You'd get like Injustice Superman in there. Uh -huh. Well, what other evil Superman chat? Tell us what other evil Superman you would put on there. Ultraman, I guess. Ultraman, yep. Would definitely be in there. There's a oh the the Justice Lord Superman. He'd be mm -hmm. there. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot of places you could go with it. Uh, but yeah, so that was Invincible this week, and again, best episode of the season so far. They spun so many plates, but had it totally work by the end. Absolutely. How long is this season? Uh, I don't know actually. Oh, okay. I want to say ten episodes, but I could be wrong. Let's go. Because I mean, Wikipedia. they're they're quite barreling through the um. They are the 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 comics and everything. They are. There's there's just an insane amount of show in this show, and it helps that it's 40 minutes. <laughs> it does, yes. Okay, Wikipedia says it's eight episodes. Oh, okay then. So we're a little over halfway. Yeah. Now here's one for you. The first episode was actually written by Robert Kirkman, and the final episode looks like it's going to be written by Ooh. Robert Kirkman too. So, so I think it's definitely going to happen, what we think is going to happen. And then zombies come in. Yep, that's what we think is going to happen. It's actually a secret crossover with The Walking Dead. <laughs> I joke, but Amazon's like, we could do that if you want. We, we, we could pay the money. We'll make it happen. <laughs> Isn't Walking Dead ending this year? Isn't this like its oh, final season? They keep saying that. They keep saying that. And they keep doing spinoffs. I'm like, wait, there's an Amazon Walking Dead spinoff? Yeah. Fuck off. That, that's what I uh, – well, I saw that. I'm like, that's, that's not like – that's just like some random show that's named itself Walking Dead to try and cash. Oh, no, it's an actual thing, and it's about, like, teenagers. Huh. It's like, no, I'm not watching that. And then, they, yeah, there was that Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah. Which is on, like, season six or something. Hard to believe. It, it is so crazy to think that Robert Kirkman, a guy who did, like, Battle Pope – and everything is like i want to i want to tell a story about zombies and i'm going to pitch it to image like mm, okay sure whatever and then he does it and it's the biggest goddamn fucking like industry unto itself like he never has to work another day in his life now yep and then there's like uh movies that need to be, that are apparently happening oh yeah tell the story of rick because rick got taken back to his home planet at the end <laughs> of one of those seasons oh did they is the show rickless now yeah, oh yeah yeah he got like I, I remember I watched the episode. He, I don't know, got blown up on a bridge or something, and he got like medevaced away. I oh. think with Michonne or something, or something like that. Yeah. Did 
did the actor want out? Is that why? Because that sounds very well, much like putting him on well, a bus. Yeah, yeah. Well, they wanted out, and then they said, like, oh no, Rick's story is going to continue in these like three films. So I don't know whether it was just oh. like the actors, like, I don't want to do TV. So they're like, okay, well, then we'll make them big budget films. <laughs> Maybe he gets what like a bunch of actors do. Where it's like I'm the biggest star on television right now. I need to be in movies. And then like the second they leave their show to go do movies, their career just like like tanks. Hey, hey, Stephen Amell. Hey, <laughs> hey, guy who played um, uh, Red Arrow Arsenal. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, I was gonna say David Carisi, but I'm like, no way. He came from movies and then did television. <laughs> David Caruso, sorry, not David Carisi. That's two completely different people I fused <laughs> together. And hey, for what it's worth, I like Stephen Amell. That show Heels that he's going to be doing for the Stars Network actually looks very fun, and I'm very interested in that show because it's about wrestling. It does look pretty good. I love that after doing multiple seasons of superhero television, it's like, I just want to do a show about wrestling because I love wrestling very much. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, Stephen Amell, I'm down for that. <laughs> Follow, follow your passion man you you do you you make it happen man and i'll, I'll be there to watch it <laughs> also too as a guy who was famous for his physicality him doing a wrestling show where they actually wrestle would actually be pretty smart yeah and he's friends with like cody rhodes and the young bucks and everyone in aew so like have them have them come on and do like bit parts oh you know they're gonna do that absolutely come on have them come in and do bit parts that'd be pretty fucking dope actually <laughs> uh all right then i guess that's our tv show catch but i love this has become a segment now because there's just so much goddamn so good much. superhero tv now yeah and it's gonna get even better Legends starts in a couple of weeks that's right we saw the trailer for legends aliens we're doing aliens through history <laughs> this season <laughs> why not from like paranormal threats to history's greatest villains to aliens sure I'm totally fine with that <laughs> I'm fine with that too. I am up for whatever weird fucking mashup this show offers me. It's got I I gotta do a video at some point. Maybe we should do it together. Where it's like how Legends found its footing by embracing comedy and becoming arguably the most like consistent of the CW shows. Yeah, yeah. It's like, great. It it's so good. Impossible. It's so good. It seems impossible. So much to the point where it's like, it's so good. Why is the why have the comics not stolen this concept? Yeah, why is there not a Legends of Tomorrow comic? Infinite Frontier, man. If anything can happen, set it in the Elseworlds. It's just the characters from the show. Hell, get someone from the writing staff to write it, and the mandate be like, okay, do all the big comedy stuff you couldn't do on television because it would cost too much money. Do it in a comic. You can do anything. Yeah, I that would sell heaps. Here's here's my pitch for it. Uh, epi or issue one of that, you have the characters from the Legends of Tomorrow show meet their main universe counterparts. Meet the ones they're based on, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Heatwave meets Heatwave. It's like, you're not very funny. I want to say, like, I, I'm going to have to read it because I was going to read it for a review in LA, but they did a Crisis of Infinite Earth tie-in. And it was like, oh, really? it was like, yeah, it was like uh, the Lex, L John cries Lex Luthor getting together the Council of Luthers and all that sort uh -huh, of stuff. Uh -huh. And I'm fairly certain they did something like that. I'm fairly certain, like, yeah, like the comic Luthor was in there. White Canary meets up comic White Canary. It's like, well, you're like in one story. You're barely anything. <laughs> the TV show made me a million things. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, righty then uh i guess from there we can hop into what we read this week uh where would you like to begin matt uh well we talked about king and black a lot let's start with the venom and king and black 
We did, yeah, because they're basically one story. One feeds into another. I'm an idiot. I wish I knew to read Venom first. I, I checked this. I went to, like, Donny Cates' Twitter and checked, and uh, the the artist, Ivan Coelho, told me to read Venom first. I, I missed that tweet, and it's a shame because they sync up really well, this idea that Null keeps trying to kill Eddie by throwing him off tall things, and eventually Eddie gets his revenge by throwing him <laughs> off a tall thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that um that Venom issue was so damn cool uh, where we see uh, Venom and basically come back to life. Uh, Eddie come back to life because yeah. he's a codex. He's allowed to, if a, if a symbiote uh, is attached to him, he's allowed to come back into the real world. Yeah, he can be rebirthed, essentially. And again, we get a sweet moment, too, of the symbiote being like, I found you again, Eddie. I'll always find you. We're stronger together. Yeah, it's kind of weird, though, that at like, that point in the story, there was technically two Eddie Brocks. Yeah. Because yeah. there was the real Eddie Brock, like his body, which was about to become Captain Universe. And then there was like his soul, I guess, a codex. Well, it's Again, it's debatable about what a codex is. It's like an imprint. It's a memory. It's yeah. not really physical. It's not really a thing. And again, the, the, the hive mind isn't a real place. In fact, Null even says that even if you defeat me here, it doesn't matter. I'm just a manifestation. I'm actually like doing shit in the real world. Yeah. <laughs> And of course, Flash Thompson gets his big heroic moment. He gets to help out. He gets to be a dragon. And we even get a funny line, too. Where it's like, oh, well, good for you, Eddie. You get to escape and live again. Uh, when I live again, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be in a fucking pine box six feet under. <laughs> Can someone remind to dig me up, please? I, I do like the, the thing where Eddie's like, oh, just do like what Carnage do. And, and Flash is like, I was dead when whatever Carnage did happened. I don't know what he, what happened. <laughs> I don't remember anything what's going on. But hey, it's fine. In the end, he Beatrix kiddos his way out of the grave. <laughs> Which means he actually misses the final fight because he was busy digging himself out of the yeah. grave. But he's back now. Yeah. It's going to be crazy when he comes back. Uh, what is it in the Spider-Man books? Hey, everyone alive again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's going to be good. <laughs> what do you mean Harry's evil now? Say what? Should have should have bullied him harder. <laughs> yeah um so yeah um we we find out obviously eddie brock becomes the new uh host to the enigma force the new captain universe and he's asked to choose a, a form and of course he chooses venom and it's it's a really cool venom design because it's literally venom but like instead of like the black it's like the the stars of like the captain universe costume and the spider and everything is just on fire and i'm like yeah. yeah eddie doesn't seem like a guy who would pick the traditional blue and gold with stars no, on it not at all <laughs> and it's just like oh you know we got to make this final fight against null and you know silver surfer is there and he's like oh we're gonna have our big rematch from silver surfer black and the avengers like okay we might not make it one final charge and then eddie shows up with his new costume he's like no no everyone stand back i got this yeah give me your sword give me your hammer thor and i'll combine them into a giant cool battle axe which hey nice bit of writing there where it's like hey should eddie be able to use the hammer as an anti-hero and then i'm like oh but donny kate set up in thor that anyone can use the yes. hammer now oh he was yes. thinking long ahead wasn't he yeah that that story that everyone thought was just like a, a filler was oh, actually well, set yeah. up for this <laughs> it was actually very important honestly though i kind of like to imagine that eddie because of his character arc gets to wield the yeah, hammer now. the hammer decides he's worthy of it now that yeah that he's come full circle now when he is a true heroic hero and oh yeah it's not just enough to have a hammer and have a sword i put it together and become a fucking flaming battle axe that looks like the venom symbol yeah oh it's so cool 
and then it's just uh it's just a squash match <laughs> after that yeah yeah eddie is like insanely powerful now and and noel is uh taken aback by the power it still thinks he's he can win and everything despite uh eddie like, with one hit killing a celestial and yep. and doing Chopping all this and eventually leads to eddie uh throwing noel into the sun and burning him up him up exactly like how wonder woman killed the darkest night <laughs> yeah what's up with that wow wow well no it, it wasn't the sun it was like what was it like the heat death of the universe she like threw him into the oh Big no it Bang. was the sun it was like a sun it was like oh, okay. the final sun same same diff all things considered really <laughs> but yeah threw him threw him into a big hot thing and venom's like well i did good here today oh crap i gotta go save my son that's what this was all about right yes there's still a darkness in his son and he just pulls it out of him and destroys it I appreciate it too where it's like so is eddie just gonna be the new captain universe now but no the enigma force like well my good deed is done peace it out now bye now i'm gonna go find someone else to be <laughs> he, he does actually leave him with some pretty sweet parting words it's like you don't need the light to protect you anymore eddie you've become something new something different something better yeah and yeah i guess like yeah oh, well, that thing he's become is the new king in black and i guess like the yeah. the god of light knows that like oh because of the type of person eddie is like the the darkness isn't a problem anymore yeah you won't be an evil dickbag and even the clintars are happy because they're like cool we can go back to being the proud alien race people that we were before the null retcon so again kate's doing an amazing job of putting all the toys back in the box when he's done i, I kind of like the idea that yeah the clintars are, are not like evil now they're like yeah. they 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 probably like a, a people who will just now be part of the galaxy well, they've done that retcon several times. Bendis retconned it to say they were a proud alien race after being evil in Planet of the Symbiotes and being retconned after that and then mm -hmm. being like, no, the Venom Symbiote's only bad because Deadpool was crazy and he touched it. Mm -hmm. So they keep going back and forth on that, but I like that he put it back to where it started. It's like, okay, Clintars won't be evil now. Mm -hmm. But maybe Carnage will be an extreme Carnage. I don't know what that's going to be about. Yeah, well, that makes sense and Cletus Cassidy and all that stuff can't really yeah, do it, anything as we said he's kind of irredeemable so yes and a new king in black was crowned <laughs> which is pretty sweet and again too it's like man really you're doing all this and you're gonna end your run at 200 damn yeah we've got one more issue crazy to think that he's gonna end it yeah it i'm really looking forward to that though as like, am i and like it looks like it's gonna be like tie up everything and maybe even set some stuff up with dylan and no yeah because like does dylan now does he still have powers can he still like affect symbiotes very good question they'll have to answer that next yeah. won't they was yeah that's something he could uniquely do or was it his connection uh to null and the void that allowed him to do it yeah yeah gotta god help the next person who's got to go write venom and you know they're gonna want a new venom series right away to coincide with that new movie oh absolutely because, like, this is the best Venom has been maybe in decades, maybe since the original run. Never have I given a shit about Eddie Brock, but you know what? Donny Cates, you did it. You made me care. I care more yeah. now. Again, what I said in my review, it's, like, the best character development the character has had since his creation in the 90s. It's a perfect example that any character can be saved, too. You just need the right story. Mm-hmm. Helps making him a father, too, because at that point, it's like, well, it's not about me anymore yeah again yeah he, he he really came into himself when he when we found out he had a kid and everything mm -hmm. gave gave something eddie to live for basically yeah 
Someone give Jason Todd a kid ASAP. Oh, please, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's Jason Jr. <laughs> oh, no. He's even edgier. He's even edgier. He's an even edgier child. <laughs> Just playing Fortnite and smoking his vape all day, every day. <laughs> Jason just, just just doesn't know what to do with it. He's like, God, was I this bad? Bruce, like, worse. <laughs> Have you shot anyone yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> Man, that would be the thing. Give Jason Todd a son. And he's just like racist on the internet, asking yeah. women for feet pics on Twitter, <laughs> pulling thick cotton candy, vape clouds, wears a fedora. It's not oh, a phase, Dad. Jesus. <laughs> And I instantly sympathize for Jason. <laughs> this is my child. I made this. Is the universe punishing me? Probably. <laughs> I am joking, Bombay, but only like half joking. <laughs> uh, I guess we'll see more with Jason Todd this week because uh, Urban Legends comes out. We'll see if he actually shot that guy or not. I guess so. Yeah, he, he didn't. Although I'd, I really love Chips and Art to be like, no, he did shoot that guy. He's a terrible person. He's a terrible person. Because <laughs> that's the thing, too. I'm like, okay, Chip, I believe in you. You do lots of good stuff. Boy, this was a generic first chapter. I hope you have some interesting stuff coming next. <laughs> I chose not to review or pick up Urban Legends. I'm going to pick up that detective one instead by Tom Taylor. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's all pretty fine is yeah. what it was. Yeah. No story in that. Ironically, the best story was probably the Harley Quinn story where they finally let her and Ivy kiss for the first time and it was mm -hmm. the shortest. Yeah. Like literally it was just like one page. Mm -hmm. uh, what else did we have this week? Uh, oh, hey, uh, sticking with the theme of irredeemable assholes, uh, the Suicide Squad came yeah. out this week. Yeah, a big uh, peacemaker focused issue. Very much so. I like they're keeping this photo motif because in the first issue we saw Rick Flagg looking at the photos of old Suicide Squad teams. And here we see Peacemaker looking at old photos from him being a politician to fighting crime for the first time to working with the team that's not the Watchmen but is the Watchmen. Yep, yep. The Charleston characters. The Charleston. Man, how did that never become a book? How did they never just put all the Charleston heroes together in a book called the Charleston Crusaders? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be my pick, but yeah, he's uh, he's in Arkham and everything's going to shit. Yep, every, uh, they they've kind of completed sort of the mission, which was get William Cobb out. They have him; they're just waiting to get out, um, which is when uh, Superboy and the 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 new new Suicide Squad <laughs> show up, which is all made up of characters like Nocterio, who hasn't been in a comic since two thousand and twelve, which was Detective oh. Comics, um, uh, and like new characters like Mind Warp and Exit. <laughs> who die because yeah, who are, they're who, new who were dressed up like like 90s parody characters and you could tell say, they were going to die because of that <laughs> i was gonna say mind warp i'm like hey you know uh gene gray of the era called she wants her yeah. fucking shoulder pads His shoulder pads back and he's got like that gambit head thing going thing, on and... yeah <laughs> i'm like these guys aren't making it i do appreciate that this suicide squad book is living up to that name and having characters die every I, single issue i said in my first issue i in first issue review i hope that the that every issue is like a revolving door of team members like because the whole story is while it gets put with losers and yep. she fucking hates that and i like that that's the joke throughout this book so far where it's like yeah she's put with all of these fucking losers who just die in the same issue they're introduced <laughs> and it ties into the story too because what's waller's big motivation 
I don't want to run a team of losers anymore. Mm -hmm. I want the best of the best. That's why I got William Cobb mm -hmm. by sacrificing a bunch of people because I know the talons are good. It's why I got Peacemaker because I know he's just going to follow orders no matter what I tell him because yeah, he thinks I, peace I, at any cost. I, yeah, I said I'm, I'm all for peace as well, and he immediately joined. <laughs> yeah, I love it. He didn't even commit a crime. He's just no. like, yeah, I'm down for this. I'm down for this team. Yeah. And and and, and he willingly had a bomb put in his neck because he asked Waller to detonate it when he thinks he's going to get gassed. Wow, which meant you've never seen someone be that loyal to the Suicide Squad. The no. whole point of the Suicide Squad is everybody hates it, even Waller and Flag hate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he loves it. He loves it because he's the ultimate, like, you know, again, peace at any cost, you know, follower, team leader. He even gets mad at Connor because Connor makes him look bad in front of Waller and the rest of the team. Yeah, yeah. Connor comes in and uh, helps out the team and wants to stay and help the people, uh, yeah. which uh, in turn gets uh, Mind Warp and Exit killed. Mm -hmm. and, which I uh, love they're playing with morality. Yeah, yeah. And uh, obviously Peacemaker doesn't want that. Peacemaker is only about the mission fuck all of these arkham guards yeah. um and yeah that leads to him and connor butting heads almost like literally it sure is uh it's fun too this answers the question well how the hell is waller going to be able to keep a kryptonian in line surely even a small nanobomb couldn't kill them from the inside and the answer is oh no connor's got something different yeah he's got like a uh, electric shock thing that uh doses him with like kryptonite which makes sense if you were reading that Superman book, because that's basically uh, what Waller was researching. Mm -hmm. How can I keep a Kryptonian in line? And they quote Pulp Fiction, which I love too. Quick, give him, give him the Uma Thurman. <laughs> Bring him back to life. Got to give him a fucking hot shot. Uh, uh, Calibra is funny too, like a plus size, strong, uh, what is it, muscular woman there who is constantly making bad jokes to try and keep things light. <laughs> yeah, again, it, again, it feeds into the whole '90s thing where it's like, oh, this is like a total '90s character who's just all quippy and like Deadpoolish and everything. But like, yeah, in this book, she'll get her head blown off or something. I'm like, man, I hope uh, Calibra makes it. She's kind of fun. Then it's like, oh no, she's got a massive target painted <laughs> on her back right away. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna kill Calibra, and then you're gonna feel sad about it. And uh, the big, uh, what is it, twist at the end there is, you know, we're not done recruiting people yet. We got a super person. We got a Deadshot stand-in. We got a Batman stand-in. I want a speedster, too, for my team. And they find Bolt, the woman that we met in the Future State tie-in. Yes, yeah. Who is apparently related to the Titans in some way, we already know, but also a descendant of Eobard Thawne somehow. Yeah, I have to imagine... I, I imagine we're going to get find out something like she's from the future and got stuck here or something. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, she's going to the Titans Academy to learn how to be yeah. a hero and they yeah break into the break into the Academy to try and get it. Cause yeah, again, I really like that this issue also like ties in really well with that um infinite frontier. Cause like the whole thing is like the team need to get in and out of Arkham before like uh, the cops come in and before Batman comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we see scenes from infinite frontier, from a different perspective with batman arriving just as the team leaves it's good shit yeah it's good shit i like uh, i like suicide squad i didn't think anything would be as good as that taylor run but i'm like okay Thompson, you got your own ideas he's going doing on. something this different and it's good feels very different than the other suicide squad runs and i'm like you know this is probably good too with that new movie coming out exactly yeah that was why peacemaker is getting such big push getting a big push man it's gonna be weird next year when peacemaker is everyone's favorite character <laughs> yeah of all character peacemaker <laughs> did you see 
that bit uh, again. You probably don't watch late night TV like I do, but apparently when John Cena was on uh, Stephen Colbert's late night show, he actually came out in the fucking costume. I know he was doing a bunch of interviews in the costume. Yeah, what a what a fucking man, man. Yeah, you know, he, what he's a, having what a, the time what a, of his life playing that character. <laughs> absolutely and also it just feels so wrestler too like no i, I have become the character i must keep kayfabe i gotta wear yeah. the costume ever do you think i wore jean shorts and a jersey because i wanted to all those years no because i am dedicated to my craft <laughs> that's why i wasn't really the doctor of thugonomics i just told people i was <laughs> i really am the peacemaker i really will have peace at any cost <laughs> uh but yeah suicide squad is a lot of fun i dig it if uh you don't normally read suicide squad you might like this yeah uh what else did you have matt uh what did i have oh we had batman issue 107 oh yeah was that this week yeah yeah holy shit my thing's all out of order right because i uploaded the podcast late last week that's why my shit's all out of order (laughs) yeah batman 107 uh this one was spinning a lot of plates this one wasn't like one story it was spinning a lot of plates but it never felt like it was too overcrowded yeah it did feel like i was reading a couple different books at one point because we got the stuff with batman who's still trying to investigate the scarecrow and his new plot to like seed fear all over gotham i love that i love all the detective stuff there with batman working out that yeah scarecrow is kind of behind this but he doesn't know why it's very not crane's mo batman again admits in this issue uh, i thought crane was dead in fact we all thought crane was dead on a day but as we discover not only did he not die in arkham he looks like he hasn't even been in arkham in months I, again that ties into the suicide squad which was uh where they replaced one they replaced william cobb mm-hmm. with like a corpse of a person again showing like, that it can't be done it can be done yeah um yeah he's not been in arkham for like months and he, he wasn't meant to know that until like i guess crane made his move scarecrow also seems like he's maybe developed a new kind of power where like batman says he hears him talking in his head but surely that's impossible i'm just you know dosed up with too much fear toxin but then we see him do it to simon saint later on and mm-hmm. it's like oh wait a minute yeah is this i wonder if this might also tie into like um the the future state red hood stuff with like the the mad hatter tech and everything mm, yeah because that possibly. sounds like a really mad hatter sort of thing like mind control sort of thing he's he's new fear toxin is mind control yeah or something like that it's interesting too because in the previous issue it looked like simon saint was pulling scarecrow strings and that you know he was really just being subservient this issue flips it on its head entirely and now it looks like saint is actually working for scarecrow yeah and it's it's interesting as well because like obviously scarecrow was in the future state harley quinn book and there he's like well, he's not, he's not Scarecrow, he's Jonathan Crane, he's like given up the mask and everything. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if maybe it's that's like going to be seen here where there's like the whole split personality sort of thing. True. If it's even Crane at all, again, yeah. I think they might actually be building up to them taking off the mask and it's someone different under it. Yeah, it's like a robot or something. It's the magistrate, it's like a first run magistrate or something. Something crazy like that. Hey, speaking of magistrate, uh, we hear that there's going to be a big benefit for the hero cop in Arkham Mahoney, who is so clearly Peacekeeper 1. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. Well, they even mentioned that, like, oh, that um, that cop's going to be there that you want for your, your trial or something, Simon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was not thinking that we would actually get the origin of Peacekeeper 1, but here we go. It's 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 really ingrained in this whole story, this whole magistrate and I didn't honestly I didn't think it would be this 
ingrained in James Tynan's story. I think he was going to leave hints and stuff. And yeah, because he and didn't that, even write the future state. And that stuff. and that future state Gotham book would deal with most of it. But yeah, he's like going full into it. Yeah, like the fact that I assume like, oh, he didn't write it. He's not going to do any of it. Oh, he's actually doing a lot of it. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, Harley gets a very interesting side story that makes me want to pick up the new Harley book because it's her just trying to be a hero on the streets of Gotham. Yeah, she tries to stop Stabo, the stabbing crazy man. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Who, again, bringing up the fact that she used to be a psychiatrist. Like, hey, I remember you from Arkham. You were actually a pretty chill dude when you were on your meds. Why'd you go off him? And then the cops show up and want to kill this crazy man. And Harley's like, no, 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 it's fine. He just needs to get his meds. So she ends up defending this crazy guy from the police, even though it ends up making her look like more of a super villain. I'm like, this this is good. This is good Harley material. Very good, yeah. Yeah, and then leaves a note says, like, don't kill me. I just need medicine and, and rest. <laughs> yeah, that's all I need. Uh, they also imply uh, that the reason this guy is so crazy right now, the roots, the roots are coming in. Uh, we need in. to we're... take everything back to the dirt. And... Yeah, and we're introduced to a new villain called The Gardener, which, damn, Jack, that's a bad outfit. That is, yeah. And he's got, they've got two two plant dogs. And, uh, yeah, again, hinting at this possible uh, Poison Ivy is now a villain story that was told in that joker that yeah. war zone that joker war zone book yeah, yeah. The, the, the queen ivy to which i'm like okay she's either working for queen ivy is an opponent of queen ivy or because they're going full force now with harley and ivy as a couple tiny had to change up his story and replace uh, poison ivy with the new villain mm-hmm I guess we'll find out for certain. But either way, that looks to be a Harley-centric story within the Batman book. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I never thought, like, man, Harley's a really good sidekick and a really good... <laughs> when you get uh, someone character. that actually, like, puts some time into writing them and um, not making them, like, what they are in, like, the movies and stuff yeah. and making her more than Joker's girlfriend. Yeah, but making her more than just something to sell Hot Topic shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to actually remember, oh, yeah, there's actually an interesting character here, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, there was that. What else was I missing? Again, I feel like I missed a lot of this. That was basically it, right? Uh, yeah, and we had the uh, the backup uh, Ghostmaker story. Yeah, which was very fun. Is a uh, complete, like, anime-inspired oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, story, a super spy story of, of yep. Ghostmaker, the super spy, infiltrating the villain's island lair and fighting laser-eyed tigers. <laughs> feels very much like something tynan probably wanted to write but dc wouldn't let him that's why it's a backup that's why it's a back right down to uh what is it Ghostmaker actually being uh shown to be bisexual which is interesting like hey tynan aren't you bisexual in real life yep <laughs> this character is have- me yeah basically i'm like is this you is this your oc do not steal tynan come on <laughs> and then yeah he's I- gonna fight a bunch of his adversaries one of which is clearly just king uh king k rule from donkey kong yep. <laughs> yep total total anime east asian inspired villains and i'm like all right this is clearly testing the waters too for it's like ghostmaker mini would people would people buy ghostmaker mini because i'll write it if they'll buy if, it if it's like this i would it's it's very fun it's totally different than batman yeah which, need, which like, uh, it makes total sense it's like what if batman had more fun yeah <laughs> is basically what it breaks down to ghost maker in the shell that's pretty good actually (laughs) i like that actually that's pretty solid ghost maker in the shell i like that (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so that uh that was batman for the week everyone and it uh it also seems to have a lot going on Mm -hmm. 
what else was this week, man? What else did you read? Uh, Crime Syndicate issue two. Just finished this before we started. I'll probably put it up tomorrow sometime. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It does what it does well. There's just not like enough hooks that are grabbing me, as I alluded to earlier. It's hard to feel so much for these evil characters who are shown to have no redeeming qualities whatsoever. Where it's like, well, I don't care if your Earth gets destroyed because you guys are assholes. See, I, 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 I understand uh, how you could see that, but also I like that, that well, there is some stuff that has me rooting for characters, like the whole um, uh, bit Superwoman has in this book, where mm-hmm. um, you can't help but root for her because she's like, though I'm, I'm sick of these men thinking that because I'm a woman and because I'm from some paradise island that that, that is for them and we are for them. That's not the case at all. Yeah. I'm going to fucking step on you now. Barry, I, 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 I like that a lot. <laughs> I like she uses the word step. She brings up a lot of feet stuff. I'm like, is, is Superwoman in this world just going full dominatrix now that that's she her is. thing? I mean, Fair enough. first issue, she was like hanging Oliver Queen that's up true. and by a lasso and all that. Yeah. Superwoman, what's her evil plot? She will turn the world into her She's cave. literally dressed like a dominatrix as well. Also that. To which, again, I'm sure if William Milton Marsden and his two, you know, female lovers would have, were alive, they'd be like, fuck yeah. <laughs> That's literally what we wanted to do from day one, but they wouldn't let us. We had to hide it in all this Greek mythology stuff, but that's what we were into. <laughs> good, good for them. I, I do like the on-running joke that they keep making reference to uh, comics that you can't read because this is like a book that was written this in Earth 3. It's pretty good, isn't it? It's a pretty funny joke. I do like like I thought I'd be sick of it by issue two, but it still continues to be a funny joke. Yeah, no, I, I like that a lot. And I, I like as well that um, I I don't know why a lot of people don't seem to realize that Starro does actually seem to be a good guy. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I because people's like, why is Starro? Why is Starro so mad? And it's like, was well, not. He's like, as we learn in this issue, it's it's come. It's like possessing these heroes because there's a threat coming and it needs like to fight and defend itself from some evil threat it's stopping the evil heroes that are ruining the world yeah uh, we get a little backup story with uh thomas wayne uh the owl man who i like they're like no no no. he actually is bruce's brother in this world much like he was in the new 52 mm-hmm. only they all got murdered in the alley at the request of the gordon crime family yes uh because as we learned that the wayne were, wayne family were on the take and that's how they made their fortune and they got greedy and wanted to, to push uh the gordon family out and ended up killing james gordon jr i do love the idea of jim gordon as a big mafia figure in earth three and harvey bullock is his trigger man who murdered mm-hmm. the waynes because then i'm like oh what's barbara like in this world is she like a snooky mafia's daughter type in this world <laughs> absolutely i'm fine with that i hope she has big hair and leopard print pants <laughs> and she's like oh my god i i hope that i hope that's fun <laughs> i'm gonna go see my evil circus boyfriend dick grayson dad doesn't want us to be together but i don't care uh, and then yeah uh uh, thomas instead of seeing a bat sees an owl which like claws yeah. out his eye <laughs> that's a nice touch to explain his scars <laughs> and, and that that somehow symbol symbolizes to him that like uh he must become the owl and become justice i like that he does start off as like an actual hero 
Yeah, but then only got turned later on. And I like that the court of ours isn't an actual. It's not like talons and stuff. It's like no, that's no. what he calls his version of justice. He's gonna he's gonna uh, uh, see these criminals in the court of ours, which is like his him, just yeah. him, and not the actual court of ours. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a nice take on the story, that's for sure. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I like that uh, learning that his family was uh, evil and everything is the thing that like breaks him and yeah. makes him break his rule and kill uh, uh, Bullock. I, I'm more interested in that little backup where it's like, yeah, what would have Batman forgo uh, his morals and everything? Be like, oh, my parents were bad people. Everything I know is wrong. Why should I keep a moral code when none of it matters? I get, and that's exactly what he says. None of it matters. And... It, that's such a nice like uh sort of like reference to uh owl man from death metal where he learns that none of it matters he'll just be reborn again yeah yeah it's, it's fair again i like the backup more than i like the main story actually they've been you pretty good like little... yeah they've been, been pretty right. good and yeah i like i guess the next one's gonna be uh wonder woman yeah, I guess. Uh, the super, super, super woman. And we learned we learned that Diana was actually a person as well in this world. Yes, we do. Yes, she offhandedly mentions it, which I thought is interesting. Which, yeah, Bruce was a person. Diana was a person. Yep. I'm assuming their uh, probably their deaths helped, uh, what is it, uh, contribute to Earth 3 becoming all fucked up? Definitely. Yeah. Uh, was that everything I had this week? Oh, no, I had a Mortal Hulk. Ooh, what's happening in that? Uh, so this one is getting very, very close to the end now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we got five issues left before it's all done uh joe fix it and big guy hulk got trapped in hell in the place below all mm-hmm. and they're like that's okay fuck you uh the leader who is fused with the devil will just leave like we always do through the green door and it's like no you don't turns the door red <laughs> you're stuck here and once i complete my unholy circuit you know i'll be able to do all the evil stuff that i plan to do and uh Jacqueline McGee, who now has the power basically of Gamma Sight, is trying to save Rick Jones and all the other leaders' experiments, even though uh, basically taking their soul out with no body to put it into is bad, and their bodies have actually gotten up and walked away. Mm -hmm. Again, bring it back to the horror story. They need to find them again. Uh, The big twist, though, is that, you know, once once everything looks lost and, you know, uh, it looks like they're going to be absorbed, Joe Fix, who you realize has only ever appeared in human form, Mm-hmm. transforms in the place below all but he does not become gray hulk he becomes red hulk mm-hmm. and even big guy hulk is like well that doesn't make any sense <laughs> <laughs> and it's like don't worry go with it where meanwhile back in the real world he does actually become gray hulk and gray hulk is reborn <laughs> and i'm like okay there's clearly a lot of shit they're gonna have to explain in that next time <laughs> but yeah it was pretty solid nice nice yeah only what five issues left only five left oh and betty ross came back too that was fun oh that's cool came back as harpy there she basically just looks like she's been riding the staten island ferry and this drunk woman keeps talking to her and she's drinking peter david brand beer (laughs) nice little sly hulk references i i dig it also hey a reference that didn't get you in trouble for anti-semitism like the last time they did a sign (laughs) joke in this yeah yeah ho ho isn't it funny you got david's name right but you messed up the other one <laughs> hey wait doesn't david have a history of getting in trouble himself <laughs> oh 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 <laughs> but yeah but yeah immortal hulk is great i cannot believe it's gonna end in five because it's just been so so solid yeah geez 
And uh, yeah, that was it. That was every book I read this week. Uh, the only other book I had was US Agent Issue 4, the penultimate right. issue in Christopher Priest's run. How perfectly timed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It actually did come out this week, uh, which was very good. Um, yeah, it, this one kind of gave us a little bit of backstory on the new uh, US agent, April Manning, the, the saint, as what he's called. Uh, and we learned that like he might have been trained by Maury, which is... Um, john walker's new uh asian partner i was uh, this uh, asian guy who we don't really know who he is but he said he says he was just a pizza guy but he's, he's a bit more than that yeah we um, see how he fights and everything yeah yeah um and we learned that uh april was trained by him in like a really brutal way where like he had to like murder all his friends and then like all these people that huh. like came and tried to kill him and he was like the last man standing sort of thing um and we learned a little bit more about how he became us agent which is that he basically bought the role like paid mm. for it um paid for a senator to sort of like uh grease the wheels of what needed to be greased and give him <laughs> the role because as we learn he's dying and there is something hidden in ephraim under the shield base there that can help mm. him uh, and we learn that thing at the end is some kaiju uh, which, oh, kind, shit. which kind of upended the whole thing it was like the series up until now has been pretty grounded it's been john walker Very. fighting like for like a mining town and everything and then there's suddenly a fucking kaiju <laughs> um <laughs> right on but yeah no it was pretty cool seeing his uh backstory but there's a little bit uh, like left in the dark so you're like oh you're not really too sure about this guy but you do learn a little bit more about his um uh, his attitude and that is that like he hates when people force their version of america on people mm. um he's very as uh kate walker says uh he very much sounds like uh his her brother john uh right. where he's very for america but like he hates uh there's that corruption where like he bought the role basically right. uh, and he's uh thinks he's all american and everything where he's really not and yeah, right, it's, it's, the, uh, the, the myth of the self-made man. Yeah. You know, I pulled myself up by my yeah. bootstraps. No, you didn't. You had a bunch of money and bought the identity. Yeah. Uh, one thing I really like as well is like, like no one here is off limits for priests, whereas like he, he's tackling that whole sort of like right wing stuff with like mm -hmm. that uh, people seem to assume is with uh, John Walker when really it's it's not it's it's more complicated yeah and he's also doing some like really hardcore left uh wing stuff and like critiquing that with like uh kate's sister where where she she seemingly hates the people of ephraim just because they're like hicks and because mm -hmm. and she assumes because they're hicks oh they you know they're republican they're you know they like guns and jesus so they're they're evil uh, and the, 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 the what about middle america what about the rust bell yeah the economic anxiety all that yeah stuff. i like that he's tackling all that like nothing's off limits for him and he can explore all that sort of stuff and it's not just one note which again for a writer like priest who is a priest himself again he always has an interesting take on stuff yeah and um yeah we we find out obviously the the new u.s agent is like injecting himself with uh this serum that he only uses like for like an hour at a time and it may, like bulks him up and then then he shrinks back down to like a a little man a uh, little unassuming <laughs> man and he has to keep juicing himself to fight uh like lamar and john and everything and yeah it's pretty cool because in america we also love performance enhancers yeah. hey we get our way to greatness even if we have to do it chemically <laughs> look at every baseball player look at uh what is it uh live strong bracelets and everything else <laughs> 
yeah and yeah the the issue ends with john being attacked by like a kaiju which yeah kind of threw me for a loop I'm like oh really a kaiju now <laughs> on the final issue <laughs> sure why not yeah i i'm intrigued to see because the the uh, april he's dying and he needs like some sort of mutagen from the kaiju mm. to help him live or survive whatever we do, we're not told what he's being killed by he just says he's dying so i'm guessing it's cancer or something it, hey is it american kaiju from uh what is it that uh new avengers book? i don't That'd think be pretty cool. it, it doesn't have like the 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 american flag it's like blue and oh that's a shame yeah i think it's just like a random kaiju that like Missed shield had or something i know i i would i would have liked it would have been on on brand if it was american kaiju america just a big godzilla ripoff that shouts uh patriotic phrase <laughs> in uh oh, that's good stuff so uh yeah is that it matt is that the show for this week that's it yeah that's the show for this week, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for uh, coming and hanging out with us, everyone. We always appreciate it. I promise this time I'm going to actually upload the show on Wednesday like I was supposed to and not just totally <laughs> friggin', you know, short out my brain. You know what it was? It was because I had like a big Thanksgiving dinner and went and le- or Easter dinner and went to like a food coma food for a coma. day. That's Yeah. <laughs> I totally forgot. And I'm like, there's something something I was supposed to do today. <laughs> nope, nope, not coming back. Not coming to me. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, thank you everyone for coming and hanging out. We appreciate it. As always, if you're a patron, you'll get to listen back to this in video and audio format first before anyone else. Uh, thanks again to Marvin for the kick-ass tattoos. I'm glad great. they yeah. came. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad they came right as we covered the finale so of King good. Black. Perfect. If it came next week, that like I still would have done this bit, but it wouldn't have hit as hard. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> It's perfect. So thank you all for that, everyone. Uh, again, be sure to check out Matt's stuff on the channel. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook for updates on what we're doing. Uh, follow me on Instagram. Be sure to use uh, the promo code down there in the bottom to get 10% off uh, your first shipment of Wild Bill soda there. It's a delicious craft soda that helps celebrate the show and helps support us and everything. It's just good, just good stuff. Good stuff. Good, good, good stuff. And uh, yeah, I guess on that note, everyone, we'll see you and we'll be back again next week, everyone. Bye-bye. See ya.